0: Welcome to Shoujo and Tell, where we discuss shoujo manga and tell who's hot and who's not, talk about themes, and just generally geek out. Today, February 4th, 2020, we'll be Shoujo and Telling about volumes 10 through 18 of Basara by Yumi Tamura. So that's the middle third of the series. I'm your host, Ashley McDonald, and I'm joined by Caitlin. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. Have you figured out what last name you want to go with? (laughs)
1: Uh, I'm just gonna stay Caitlin for just Caitlin for a while, which is of course really easy to identify me. You're gonna be like Uh, Oprah and (laughs) Beyonce. Yes. My name is definitely as distinctive as the names Oprah and Beyonce. Yeah, I'm so glad. (gasps) Caitlin, who are you? (laughs) Um I am a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, and I also uh, review, well, usually anime, but now more and more, just various stuff for The Daily Dot. (laughs) Just Um, stuff, okay. (laughs) And it has been two years since I have updated, almost two years since I have updated HeroinProblem.com. Oh, Caitlin,
0: Caitlin. Caitlin. I know, I know. (laughs) I'm very busy, (laughs) I can see that, but, you know, I need more of that shoujo content. I know. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, well, this is the shoujo content. Okay, so. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Be the shojo content you want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's basically my whole motto in life. Um... <laughs> So, spoiler warning for everybody, this is about the middle third of a series, so if you haven't read Basara, I don't recommend listening to this episode, but I don't control you, you do you, I don't care. Um, Just don't (laughs) yell at me. Okay, so yeah, if if you haven't read Basara, you should spend the time that you would listen to this podcast reading Basara, because it is very good, and it is legally available from Viz Media in English. Uh, digitally, it is it is not in print physically, so that is very sad. And now I'm gonna roll into the the spoilers. So for real, so I'm gonna give a brief plot synopsis of volumes ten through eighteen for the people who have read it, but maybe haven't read it in a hot second. So you want to like oh vaguely vaguely remember what has happened? Is it possible to give a brief plot synopsis of Basara? You know, I'm gonna try. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try. So volume. Ten, or whatever, is basically just the end of the Okinawa arc where Uten, who was running for president, is killed by the people that he had hired to kill the actual president. And his brother and the president's future wife decide to team up with Shuri, um, and Sarasa ends up revealing her gender identity to Tataras followers. Yay! Living her truth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So then Asagi and... Ageha and Sarasa go to the north because they have lost their ally, Hayato. They're trying to gain allies with a rebel clan who's been fighting the the Black King for a while. Um, But they fail, like, you know, the trust tests that these people have given them. So they end up in an underground prison. (laughs) Uh, And this this little arc focuses a lot on Ageha. But, you know, they get out of the prison, so that's fun. So then Sarasa and her crew go back to Suo City, which is the Red King's territory. But it has been overtaken by other people under King Ukan, because the Red King has been overthrown. So then, basically, everybody's going to meet up in Suo City and have a three-way battle. And that is when Sarasa and Shuri finally find out that they are, in fact, Tatara and the Red King. Oh, no, bad things. <laughs> the gen- the reveal happens. Oh, they also ha- they had some sexy sex before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very shoujo, loss of virginity <laughs> sex scene kind of sex, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it was great. And then they found out their terrible secrets, and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> um, yep. So then... Through volume eighteen is basically them actually working together, but like begrudgingly to uh, bring about the death of the Black King, which they do, and then it basically ends on a great note, which is like now nah, we have to go kill King Ukon. And I'm like, oh, that's a great, like that's a great ending to stop with. <laughs> actually, to do a podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yes, I, I believe those are all the like really, really big overarching things that happen. <laughs> There are a million tinier things that happen in this and maybe some of them will be discussed. but here we go. Uh, so we're gonna start with some listener questions. They were from all of the manga on Twitter, which is a great Twitter handle. All <laughs> um, <laughs> of the other manga. That's always what I think of when I see see her handle. Hi Olive <laughs> there we go. It's a little too late, yo. We just passed Christmas, you know. <laughs> Wrong season. Um, but yes, yeah, so first question is, this is the chunk where we really see Sarasa struggle with almost a quote-unquote split personality between traditionally masculine and feminine roles. How has this aged? And even so, would you say Sarasa stands as one of the top shojo heroines accessible to English-speaking audiences?
1: I would say... I wouldn't call it so much gendered. I mean it is in that like everyone assumed that Tatar was the boy of destiny instead of the child of destiny. But it doesn't feel so much as oh, I have to pretend to be a boy and do these boy things, so much as I have to pretend to me pretend to be my brother and I'm in over my head. Um, I was not raised for this, I was not prepared for this, but I have to do this. So it never really felt like especially gendered like yes there are times where she's like i just want to be a normal girl but like that to me feels like i just want to be sarasa because there are really great powerful strong female leaders around her like basara doesn't play too much with gender essentialism which Mm. i really appreciate about it um is sarasa one of the great shoujo heroines available in english i i would definitely put her up there I would, honestly, I would rank her like a little bit before Yona. I've got a little bit more of affection for Yona, but I think that might be because I have to admit, I like Yona of the Dawn more. Whoa. Um, I know. I know. But like, listen, Basara is an incredible epic work, but it is not, it is difficult. It is a difficult read. Uh, Yona of the Dawn, I feel like accomplishes a lot of the same stuff that Basara wants to accomplish and it's also a lot more accessible. But that's a tangent.
0: <laughs> uh, that's a tangent for a Yonah of the Dawn, but <laughs> Yeah,
1: which, you know, I, it's one of the long ones. Either, I know! From so. <laughs> <That's laughs> natural yeah. choice, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of... Uh, I don't think... I think it has aged a lot better than other similar things because it does feel more personal than universal gender roles.
0: Yeah, I would largely agree with that response. Like, I understand that there are lots of things in these volumes where it's, like, discussing gender in some way, where women give life and men, like, destroy it and all these things, <laughs> but um, definitely with Sarasa herself, it felt much more like any time that she's having a crisis, it's kind of like, oh, no, but Tatara was supposed to be this and not, like a boy was supposed to be this but just like specifically Tatara and I don't know how to mm-hmm. be like my brother and like this is very complicated yeah and there's a, there's one scene that I'll discuss later that I'm like yes that that felt really great like well, I guess we could discuss it now but like when uh Shuri and Sarasa finally do consummate their love it's like in a in a way where I really liked actually the sort of reversal of how it typically goes where it's like There's this loss of innocence uh, and, you know, like becoming a a woman. And it's like, there's kind of this like, okay, Sarasa finally gets to be a girl in this instance. Like she gets to be that normal quote unquote girl that she wants to be. But it's like an embrace of her being her child self that she lost rather than like this loss of the child Mm -hmm. self. And I was like, oh, that's such a that's such a powerful moment. (laughs) Like that's that's what defines (laughs) it to me. (laughs) Um, And in terms of how well it ages, like I... Definitely think it ages pretty, pretty well. Like there's no nothing that's like, oh, but this this one part just like doesn't jive with our modern sensibilities <laughs> of anything, you know, uh, in general, I guess there's a lot of I still get the sense that it's pretty binary, but it's not like over the top binariness <laughs> like other series can be. Mm hmm. I must admit that I have not actually read or watched Yona yet, although everybody says it's very good. But I'm kind of oh like, oh my god, Ashley! I'm just waiting for it to be over, which will be never. But <laughs> I'm waiting. Okay, well, the anime is done. That's you that's can watch true.
1: The anime. Okay, but then I'm not getting the whole thing.
0: <laughs> god, <laughs> you're like, but Shaking it feels my head so right good. Here. Oh, uh, Caitlin's like leaving now. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> goodbye. I'm done good with this. Good day. <laughs> yeah, good day. <laughs> listen you told me that basara was great and it is so why can't we just <laughs> <can't we> agree <laughs> that's because i have perfect taste so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> okay so the second question was after the underground prison arc which is a very silly arc i must say out of all the arcs but <laughs> after the underground prison arc do you believe agiha loves sarasa What do you feel is his relationship to, quote-unquote, love, considering his unhealthy power dynamics with Shido? Thank you, sorry, I just really love this manga. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Okay, so does Ageha love Sarasa? Mm,
1: I... hmm.
0: (laughs) You're torn, you're torn,
1: you don't know. (laughs) I don't, I, yeah, it's a real, that's a tough that's a toughie i mean i think he certainly has affection for her is <sighs> a hard question do you
0: want him to love like romantically love sarasa no i don't
1: want him to love sarasa romantically that that's an easy one okay so am I blinding myself?
0: <laughs> um, no, I would agree with you that I actually, like, if you're leaning towards he doesn't romantically love her, I also kind of felt that, like, I felt like he more wanted to romantically yeah. love her. He, yeah. He he
1: wanted to love the ideal
0: of her. Yeah.
1: Like, he's he's had such a, like, a complicated life, right? Like, of wandering and, like, you know like you said the the power dynamics with shido i don't think he's really capable of like that kind of love and he sees sarasa as tatara as more of a symbol and that's why he like takes off right when she just like when she has her crisis because she is not capable in that moment of being who he wants her to be Um, And if he really, truly loved her, he would have stayed by her. But since he left, I don't think he did. I think he want he loves the symbol more than he loves the person.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Like, I definitely just got the vibe from him that he's just like, I really, really want to love you. But I, it's just like, a trick of my own brain and like he knows that she doesn't love him like that (laughs) and like eventually he's just like ah you know what I see it now I'm just (laughs) I'm out (laughs) like cool. And I think in general Ageha is one of those characters who is really really good obviously at summarizing what other characters are feeling or how they should feel or deal with the situation like it's very clear to him as an outsider like yes, this is this is how this should go, and I will come and be a mystical desert creature who comes and dances and, like, saves you and whatever. Um, but then when it comes to himself, he's, like, doesn't know anything, basically. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, who am I? What do I want? I don't know. Everything is complicated and confusing, and I don't actually know how to suss it out at all. <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay. Okay, Aga, It's all right. <laughs> You're fine. I feel like that segues nicely actually into one of the pretty big themes of this arc in particular, in which Ageha is definitely a big star, Um, Mm -hmm. which is like the continuation or not of legacies of hate and how to like break the cycle of just killing each other over and over again. (laughs) And so there was this... You know, I definitely had a, a, a Hunger Games flashback moment where it's like, remember who the <laughs> real enemy is. At <laughs> this line from Sarasa. and at one point she's just like, you know, we're all perpetrators and victims. Who are we supposed to hate? And then she does answer the question with King Ukon, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, girl, you got it. <laughs> like, you got you got the answer. Like the system, <laughs> like not people. <laughs> um, and so Ageha is definitely a big. Uh, He's trying pretty hard to push this agenda to to make people see. He brings uh what's her name Senju. <laughs> he brings mm-hmm. Princess Senju who is Shido's wife who is pregnant with his child onto Tatara's ship and they're both like and Senju are both like what are you doing aya Like are you messing with <laughs> <the> us? F- <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm not
1: I shouldn't curse. <laughs> what the heck?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like why do you have to hate each other? Like what like the, this child should shuff, suffer just cuz of something in the past? Like what, what's going on? Uh and yeah, in, in general Ageha sees it as like, you know, if you're going to hate their like the wives and and children of the soldiers too, then you're not dealing with like the consequences of your own actions. Like there's nobody who who is uh blameless in a war <laughs> and all these things. I'm like, "All right, Ageha's coming hard. Um <laughs> uh, but then mm. to the point where I the the my my point that Agiha is bad about himself, he has a, a a line where he's just like when they're in the in the underground prison and he's been like a a little bit uh roughed up and stuff, uh he's like, It's okay, I'm used to abuse and Sarasa's like, Nobody gets used to abuse. It's not that's not a thing. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, Oh, cutting, cutting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I guess the the other big thing with Ageha that I that I put down was, you know, Ageha then berates Waterdeer Deer for for, you know, giving Ageha the beating in the end. And then Water Waterdeer is like, okay, if you want some revenge, like you can exact it now. And then Ageha just gives him a hug.
1: Aww. <laughs> Aww. Right. I feel like Ageha has a really
0: complicated relationship with
1: the change that he wants to create in the world yes um because you know there's so like like so many ideals going on like and so he had like he's had a lot of experiences he's he's had a pretty terrible reality and so there's like this tension between his ideals of the world he wants to see and the reality like the reality he has survived and that has in many ways shaped his ideals but when going, you know, going back to the thing with Sarasa, like, there is a certain point where he cannot take it anymore. And he breaks a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he is, you know, his his diversity of experiences, his diversity of um, acquaintances is really useful to building that better world. Yeah. Um, but... You know, it's it's hard. He is only human. And I think, honestly, that moment where he's just like, I'm going to leave Sarasa, like, that was very, like, humanizing.
0: Yeah. Like, otherwise, Ageha can seem like a mythical being.
1: <laughs> right. Like, that was, like, that wasn't probably the right choice for him to make. But, like, he made it in this moment of just absolute frustration and feeling lost. But, um, yeah, I feel like, he has a really strong understanding of what he wants and how to make it happen but the execution is hard especially when not not everyone works in the most in the way that is ideal for it
0: yeah like he definitely spends a lot of time actually very not present in the story like he's off somewhere and people are like i don't know where he is like who knows <laughs> And he needs all that time to like recharge his like. Okay, I can deal with you and like stay focused on the vision that I have. And then yeah, when he when he can't deal with it anymore, he's just like, nope, I'm gonna go back to wandering around now, just doing whatever, <laughs> being Madam Butterflies, <laughs> like, you know. It's like I don't have time for this energy. Like self care, y'all. Because uh, Ageha is definitely the best therapist. That's basically what I got out <laughs> of <on> this manga. <laughs> Until he fires Sarasa as a client. Yeah, then he's just like, you know what, girl? Like, <laughs> I can't he's help like, you. He's like, I either. can't fix this. <laughs> yeah. uh, fix I, yourself. <laughs> I wrote down, Ageha is best therapist? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I wrote down the line, it's not about what you must or should do, always remember what you want to do, which is literally something, like, everybody who gives therapy to me says to me. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Ageha, come be my therapist. I will pay you lots of money, too. (laughs) Great, great. Yeah, so I guess there's lots of other... uh... Characters who are struggling with this uh, legacy hate thing, and they all have their different experiences than Ageha, so they they come at it from a bit of a different angle, which I guess upsets him sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess their Senju is definitely the uh, most entrenched. It's okay, so she's both most entrenched. I think in her hate of Tatara for taking away her husband, and I... then in the end, she realizes that like. That's also the most ridiculous because she doesn't actually know Shido that well.
1: <laughs> right. And she makes some really bad decisions around it, too. Like, just like, oh, I am literally about to give birth and I'm going to get off the boat and wander over and oops, now I have to, like, give birth in a stable.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be very mad about it. I don't know. That's the- very now that I think of it almost like Jesus metaphor sort of thing. Yeah, Jesus metaphor is happening right here. Whoa. All right.
1: (laughs) Cheetos kid (laughs) is Jesus.
0: Oh, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that can fit a little bit if he's supposed to be like, look, the sides have finally come together and, and... we'll have to see how it goes, we'll right? Have to see how it goes. <laughs> Caitlin's teasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like, I honestly
1: don't remember super well how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: then we'll find out next time on Shojo and Chill. Yeah, so it's just like she realizes she's the most ridiculous because she's like, actually, I didn't know Shido at all, and I didn't understand actually how he died because Hayato is the one who actually killed him, <laughs> and yeah. she's like, maybe I don't know anything, and so I guess I guess we should work together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the most the most complicated one to my to my mind, I, I suppose, uh, is Sarasa's mom uh having loved general what's his face general kazan and this i felt like just just reading it uh this bit where it's after sarasa has found out that shuri is the is the red king and then watching her go through like the catharsis in the mountains after agiha has left her i was like all right Mm -hmm. this is a little draggy to me i'm getting a little like antsy uh but I, i felt like it paid off For the ending of her meeting her mom again, and then... uh, Oh my gosh, I cried. You cried? I cried. (laughs) Oh damn, (laughs) tell us about that. I mean,
1: it was just... It was built up perfectly in that it didn't feel like overdone, like everything's building to this one big moment. All right, okay, it's going to happen. All right, it's happening. Okay, okay, okay. Like All right, Um, no, it didn't feel like that, it was just like that little... Hint. It's like when they start talking about like the nightingale, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, oh, could it? Could it be like, you know, Basara is dense enough; it does not need to like toss in like we're gonna toss in this random one person. Yeah, got a big enough cast, so it 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 felt like that was going to be significant, and then because she has missed her mother so bad yeah. for the entire series. Like she spends a lot of time thinking about her mother and then like she finally sees her and it's like that one, like last little bit of closure um, that she needs before she can move on to see her mother alive and healthy and to understand what happened to her and that nice little uh, parallelism with her mother and General Kazan and, and Sarasa and Shuri it just worked out really nicely. And so it was just such a really strong moment.
0: Yeah. And I agree that it's like, it wasn't overdone at all. It was just like, okay, it built up to this moment and it happened and it was great. And it's just like, you know, her mom is like, I have also grappled with this. Like, let me just tell, her, like, if you, if you met, you know, because is like, shouldn't you, you should hate these people. Because uh, her mom is tending to a a, a Black King soldier, and she's like, "No, why are you why are you helping them? Like you're supposed to hate them." And her mom's like, "I don't have the capacity to like hate people anymore, basically." <laughs> like, uh, and she's like, "If if you met this soldier outside of him being a soldier and you being Tatara." like, don't you think you could be friends? Like, that's what happened with you and Shuri, is you met as not those things, and you actually agree and enjoy each other's company and, like, have similar worldviews. Like, you see past the, like, what you're supposed to be doing stuff, you know? And we're just doing what you wanted to do. <laughs> and all those things. And then Taras is just like, huh, all right, cool. I'm going to go try to deploy this knowledge to... Fighting the Black King's soldiers still, and you know, overthrowing King Ukon so that we can have mm-hmm. a better world. Like I'm gonna do what I what I need to do, but I'm gonna try to do it in the most respectful way possible. And it was just like, wow, this, this manga is just amazing. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> in the same way, I, I guess we should talk about the moment where uh, Sarasa and Sherry do find out each other's identity. And- oh
1: man, that that moment is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It feels so weird to say, like, this series really is about reconciling with the enemy in this political time, where it feels so impossible to reconcile with the people who are opposed to you, because yeah, it's such a different kind of conflict. But, yeah, that moment was is just, like, it's so, like, heart-stopping. Like, you see it, and your heart, it's like it's you knew it was gonna happen eventually (laughs) you it the things could not have gone on like they were and like it's just like oh shoot oh darn (laughs) oh Oh, no this is really it's really hard to express like that emotion without swearing (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, oh fiddlesticks (laughs) um so Yeah, it's just, it's such a heart-stopping moment, and, and, you know, everything that has, I feel like in this stretch, like, it feels like a lot of stuff that had been set up suddenly comes to a head. Which is good, because, like, you know, you sort of need to, like, it's like, okay, we need to get this taken care of so that we can move forward with the plot, instead of just dragging this one thing out past what's natural. Yeah. And then it's like, our, our Shuri and, like, are they going to be able to move past this? Are they, and yeah, like, uh yes, because the themes of the manga about reconciling two sides, about the humanity, finding the humanity in your enemies, like that is very clearly leading towards like, yes, uh, Shuri and Sarasa are going to be able to be happy together. But at the moment, it feels like everything is ending. Everything is falling apart. Yeah. And it's a really good moment, especially since they, they did it before, <laughs> like, especially since they had sex, <laughs> like, right before.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, no, that
1: part is just, like, so, like, heart-stopping.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely had apprehension going into it, because I was like, oh, man, how, how's it gonna, how's it gonna reconcile this? Like, you know, I I always, I don't trust stories to, like, do really hard things well, but then... This one did all the things in after that, like really well. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so amazed. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Yeah. Like it was the perfect level of like being crushed
1: and falling apart and then having to regroup and then actually picking up and carrying on.
0: Yeah. And like still acknowledging that there is like hate and misgivings and disappointment and like frustration at yourself and. The world and the other person and just all these things, but then being like, you know what? The system still sucks. <laughs> I guess we still have to do this thing, so uh, like, I did get to know him as a person outside of these things, so maybe we can work together to figure it out eventually, even if we are mm-hmm. not like... I don't think necessarily where we are right now is like showing that, oh, hello, Kat, do you have opinions about the sara <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's nice. Um, but yeah, like where they are right now, I don't think it is like a guarantee that they could romantically reconcile. You're just going to rub your face against the mic. Like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> Kitty, this is a serious discussion. Why are you ruining it? Come here. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that they will romantically reconcile and, you know, getting together will be the, uh, like, you know, bringing together of the two sides, we'll, like get married and whatever and have chil- children and <laughs> bring together all the things in the end. But right now I'm like, no, they're still in a place where they're like, we begrudgingly are allies. <laughs> like uh, We are not directly working together. We're just like trying to do a thing. And I'm like. Wow. I I respect you, manga. I respect you. Uh, Yeah, I I do think that, yeah, like, the best moment still is, like, Sarasa and her mom and just, like, that quiet, like, one or two chapters. I was like, wow, he just destroyed it. (laughs) He destroyed it, manga. But definitely while reading it, yeah, I struggled reading it in, like, our current political climate. I was just like, wow. Uh, You know, I feel like all sides are going to, like, laud this manga you know like you read it and you're like yeah that's really good but then like actually putting it in practice is like oh man (laughs) I don't know how to do this. Well I feel like
1: it's such a different kind of conflict too because it's like well you and this person might have everything in common and the only difference is like where his loyalties lie and with sort of way the way things are now it's so different from that because it is like is not fighting a battle of ideology mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she is fighting like a very different kind of conflict whereas here it's like oh well you actually like hate everything that that is important to me
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. like
1: you know it's it is it's very different kind of thing and it it it, it it is a little bit of an uncomfortable sort of reconciliation between reading this manga and being like, yeah, 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 yeah. But also like, you know, living, living in this age.
0: Yeah. I guess for me, I I do really like this manga and its portrayal of reconciling with the other side, because I was actually like, I still try to keep in in like decent terms with my family and like my, Nuclear family certainly, uh, and then I have a very large like extended family, so I'm like, okay, I try to I try to be pretty good with them, but they're all conservative and I am not, mm. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I try to be like, okay, this is it's pretty hard for me to always be like. I have to code switch with you and I like actually ideologically don't agree with you on a lot of things but then I try very hard in conversations with real people in my life that I'm like okay you raised me I love you like I try to get along with you uh I try very hard to always go back to like no fundamentally we agree on like a lot of things (laughs) you know like (laughs) it's just like don't get lost in the in the politics of like (laughs) the minutia of The systems, like, don't let the system get in the way of, like, actually Mm -hmm. how much you agree. (laughs) Right. Which I think is overall what Basara's trying to be like. Basara's like, the system is what is wrong. (laughs) It's the system. (laughs) Not individual people in the system. Uh, Except King Ukon. Like, obviously there's very, like, blatantly bad people in this (laughs) But, like, (laughs) otherwise most people are redeemable. Trying to, like, briefly look over my notes again to, uh see if this is worth bringing up again um okay well yeah i think so okay so one of the other big themes is the sexual awakening and i know that's we we briefly brought up why like uh sarasa and shuri uh consummating their love like the way that that was brought out as being a return mm-hmm. to sarasa is really really powerful um but there are other things in in this stretch of uh, volumes where they deal with sexuality and I think this goes back to the initial question of like gender like I think the most overt way that gender is brought up is in the way that sex is handled because you know Ageha basically like he gets would you say it's rape like he consents to it but like begrudgingly (laughs) like he's forced to acquiesce yeah no like it is not like
1: he consents but under extenuating circumstances right like yeah (laughs) Like, I'm going to let you have sex with me in so that you will leave this other person alone is not really <laughs> Yeah,
0: consent. it's not super consent. Yeah, exactly. So and then while they're in the underground prison, just like uh other things happen with Sarasa, like that's when her gender starts to become more of a, mm. a problem. Um like the the fact that she has boobs is a thing that they're like, right. oh, we must super conceal this <laughs> from other people. I liked
1: basara's approach to this kind of this threat of sexual assault more than i have more than most things Mm. i think it was because rather than presenting it as just this sort of natural like well if you're a woman of course you should expect this to happen like this to happen or like this like like in Fushigi Yugi, like when everyone's trying to rape Miyaka for mm-hmm. a stretch there.
0: Yeah. Um the best stretch, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best stretch. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: like <laughs> it's second. never really commented on. It just sort of keeps happening. And in here, like in here A, they do use a fairly light touch with it, right? Like hmm. it's not something that's common, like super happens constantly. But like when it does, it's more just like it's frustrating. That because she's a woman, like, she has to deal with this extra threat. And that's not fair. And it sucks. So I really, like, I really appreciated that. Like, you know, the ideal is that, like, it's not an an issue. But that almost feels like glossing over. So it felt, the frustration in it felt more true to my experiences. Like, obviously, I'm not, I haven't, like, well, not, obvi- I haven't been to prison or anything. Okay, that's um, good. <laughs> but, like, just, like, things like walking down the street late at night, like, the or hanging out in my male friend's dorm room in college, like, you know, having to be uh, worried about that, it's not fair, yeah. and it is a reality f- it ha- for my, in my experience and it's not like that sort of like it, it doesn't feel natural it doesn't feel normal like a lot of like shoujo melodramas treat it but mm. um so yeah i really like i appreciate i didn't enjoy it but yeah. i appreciated how that was handled
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Every time it comes up, Sarasa's just like, no, this is BS. Like, she's never like, oh, yeah, this is just a thing that we deal with. Like, oh, no. It's like, well,
1: I guess this is the price of being a woman.
0: Yeah, no, she's always like, like, this is crap, and I hate this, and I hate you, and I'm trying not to hate you, but I definitely hate this. (laughs) And like, (laughs) it's just, it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. Um so yes, definitely she gets terrorized by Window, who is the one who looks like Shuri, and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> she like she almost lets herself think like get get to is Shuri the Red King, but she doesn't she doesn't quite believe that in the end. So Window tries to use the, you know, excuse of like, well I'm doing it because it was done to me and that's like the fair thing to do, obviously. Like that's just how this has to go. And Sarasa says, like, don't tell me how you grew up. Nothing can excuse the humiliation you're putting me through. You can't understand. It's worse than fighting with a sword. Uh, It makes me cower. It reminds me of all the terror that women go through. Uh, Reminds me that I am a woman even while I'm trying to live as a man. And it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. Sarasa's just coming at it, yo. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's great. He's like, well, this this is... you know what i had to go through so i'm I'm gonna do it to you too it's like some people assault women to cope (laughs) question mark that makes it fair no (laughs) i mean do you know that do you know that meme on twitter whenever someone is like trying to make excuses for something really garbage that people do like some someone's just like people do some people do blank question mark question mark to
0: you know in order to cope question
1: mark question mark question mark
0: <laughs> i do not know this meme. oh yeah oh but it sounds great sounds like the right amount of snark that <laughs> these things deserve yeah so like having that be the whole setup before sarasa and shuri consummate their love i think just makes like i'm so like you know despite them being on opposite sides and the the fallout after it, I'm like, I'm I'm really happy for you, Sarasa, that like consummating your love with Shuri was like a very happy experience <laughs> where you reconnected with your femininity, with your with your childhood identity. Like oh, it's great. I'm I'm happy for you, girl. <laughs> like go get it. <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't assault. You weren't scared in that moment. Like woo. <laughs> um which i guess brings to the last overarching theme that I, I think this this patch of uh volumes deals with was the creating arch slash life rather than uh fighting because when they go back to Suo city they they meet uh what was his momonoi was the the dad's name who who is a henchman of king Ukon and mm-hmm. he sucks and doesn't he should not be a leader he's a Bad leader. <laughs> um, just right. Don't make him but a he's a loving father. Oh, uh, yeah. He loves his son. He loves his son. He broke both of his arms to, <laughs> to go I mean, to okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, that part wasn't so good. Okay, but
1: it seems like he and Hozomi had, like, some of the better relationships in the series. It's true. Compared and I- to other family.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think that for a while there, there was some like, if not reconciliation, then like, you know, they were begrudgingly being like, okay, dad's doing some bad stuff. But overall, he's a good guy. And then, you know, Hozumi would do something to mess up some of his bad guy's stuff. And he'd be like, okay, Hozumi is messing up my, my vibe, but I do love him. So I'm gonna let him get away mm-hmm. with it. Uh, it only really starts to go bad once it's like, you know what? I can't let him get away with it anymore. I guess I got to break both his arms. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. That's
1: not good. That's not good parenting. <laughs> that's
0: not good parenting. Um, so yeah, so Hosumi is the one who's all like, I, you know, in the same way that I guess lots of the characters are coming to be like, I just can't hate other people anymore he's kind of like actually i hate all of you who still fight (laughs) like anybody who (laughs) fights doesn't matter which side you fight for like you're bad to me right like he's the other side of this um and then his girl Renko, so he's just like painting stuff, hoping that they don't destroy it because art is important or so <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Quaint times. I loved Renko, <laughs> yes, but Renko is the real is the real hero.
1: <laughs> yeah, like honestly, the the diversity of female characters is so good because you have you know Sarasa, you have Chacha, you have Yuna, you have Renko. Oh, they're so great.
0: Kikune. I was about to say,
1: you missed your favorite girl, Kikune.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I also really loved Renko. I really liked her outfit, too. Like, I don't know. I was like, I'm into your fashion, Renko. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Get it, girl. But yeah, I think I love, like, Renko
1: and Hozomi felt almost like more current. Like, Mm. the protesting war through the creation of art and journalism and sharing the truth with people like
0: um that was very that was very powerful yeah i i agree so yeah so they play with this like uh senju at one point also claims that like sarasa is kind of betraying her gender by being like by pretending to be a man so she doesn't understand that women are, like, the givers of life and may, may, and may, all may, these may. things. <laughs> yeah, Senju. Senju I don't love. Senju is a, a Senju, bad one here.
1: She's Senju's a good character, but I don't like her. Fair.
0: <laughs> that is largely my feelings about Senju as well. I'm like, Senju, you have, like... I guess it's because she feels more like a... In the way that if, other characters feel like actual characters, she just kind of feels mm-hmm. like a... Archety- yeah, like a symbol of the hate. And then, oh, okay, like I, I flip sides here after y'all just keep right. being nice to me. <laughs> like I mean, she basically doomed Shido when she had
1: sex with him right before he left.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she should blame herself. <laughs> Has she read a shoujo manga before? <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Do you read? <laughs> Get it together. Just one, <laughs> night- well, one night before you leave. Oh, no, that's... Nope. <laughs> That's it. He's dead. He's doomed. <laughs> He's doomed. Yeah. But then in the end, I guess, like, what is... Uh, Renko and uh, Hosumi do get a little bit wrecked in the end there. Yeah. So... It's, it's sort of the idealism yeah. versus reality. Yeah. Where I was like, I admire you, but yeah, like, I don't know. I guess... Uh, you know, because I was raised conservative, I do feel sometimes that, like, I have, like, I'm liberal, but then I, like, sometimes I'm like, you can bring out the conservative in me, like, <laughs> it'll happen, <laughs> like, uh, and this is definitely one of those moments where I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, was the pen ever mightier than the sword? Like, I don't know. I had, like, American nostalgia for a day when, like, oh, the jungle, like, as a big book by Upton Sinclair. Like, yeah, that did something. <laughs> now I'm like, no, nothing can do anything, you know? I don't know. <laughs> poor Hosmi. Got both his arms wrecked. Ugh, poor boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he still made flowers with his mouth, though, so. Yeah. Great on you, honey. It just it, those two are
1: very reminiscent of like the political movements of our time, or a little before our time, the previous generation.
0: That's true. That's a good way to think about it. And then they, yeah. But in the end, uh, that idealism cannot cannot stand up to. I don't know. There are no tanks or anything, you know, no modern warfare. But just like, <laughs> oops. And then from all that, they basically destroyed Suo City, you know, like everybody who was trying to protect Suo City, uh, destroyed it. So that was, that was fun. Um, but I think those are the big themes. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before a bridge shipping corner? (laughs) No, not really. Okay. Um, so a bridge shipping corner, because I assume, you know, the final episode will be like a real shipping corner but there are some people that I'm like I don't know if you reappear I mean I know that Renko and Hosomi don't reappear so (laughs) in the end were they like a good couple were you like I like you as a couple or were you just like individually you're cool
1: (laughs) I think they were a really good couple I think I mean like you know they were obviously written as a couple but they were <laughs> Their idealism was very beautiful, and they were very beautiful, and they definitely felt like that beautiful tragic couple. Yeah, they were
0: definitely that beautiful tragic couple. <laughs> at the same time, I was just like Josemi, what are you doing, boy? You knew you were going to put Renko at risk. What you doing? <laughs> you believe wholeheartedly in your dad's like good heart somewhere in his old man shriveled body. <laughs> dig that out no <laughs> how dare you hose me <laughs> yeah but overall i was like renko is my favorite girl now uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. she's pretty great yeah but i feel like those two were they weren't
1: so much like oh these modern ideals don't work in this world as we need to build like they are going to try to build a world where they can say like that can exist yeah
0: and yeah can survive yeah Yeah, can be, uh, cannot be dead. Um, yeah, they're definitely a catalyst for like, oh, no, these beautiful souls can't survive in this world? Clearly it's trash. Yeah, but, uh, so I feel like, I guess overall we haven't really mentioned the arc where they kill the Black King and whatever, but this is, this is the time to talk about apparently one of your favorite girls, Kikune. As paired with Ichimatsu, who was the it Black felt King's really wife out thing.
1: of nowhere, honestly. Yeah, you felt like it was out of nowhere. <laughs> it felt kind of out of nowhere, but maybe it was because I like slammed those last few volumes, and so and Basara is so dead, so maybe it just like slipped past me. I didn't know. I didn't
0: notice the lead up to it. Oh, I definitely felt like there was lead-up to it. Like, they were all like, woo, we party! We get drunk together! Isn't that fun? <laughs> like, woo! Uh, I
1: like Kikune's K- like, if it's not the man I am love, might as well just be cucumbers. <laughs> and the... the- the first time I read it, I was like, "Ah, she's comparing these these entire men to cucumbers." It's like, no,
0: she's talking about dicks. <laughs> she's talking about dicks. <laughs> oh, okay, Kikune, is that why she's your favorite? Just. <laughs> Because she talks about dicks. Yeah. Um, No, I mean... Because she adds comedic value to this otherwise very serious... I she does
1: add some much-needed levity. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. So, like, maybe in another series I wouldn't have loved her as much, but, like, her her whole, like, very, like, energetic, lighthearted deal really does, like, bring a a needed dynamic to the cast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I just got so kid like I think I, I picked up on the Ichimatsu vibes, but like other things maybe slipped past me where I was like, okay, Kikune is one of Asagi's people who was brainwashed by somebody else, but then like that doesn't matter. I was like very confused in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. Basara, I don't know, basara is happening to me right now. <laughs> Uh, I feel like Kikune felt like a Clamp character to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> just like the way she looked, the way she had like quirky things. I Was like, um, the Clamp. Put yeah, you here? I can see it. I can
1: see it. Yeah. <laughs> You've also been reading a lot of Clamp lately, so maybe that's just on your mind. I haven't really read any Clamp for a while.
0: Oh, okay. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, you feel like you could be out of, like, <laughs> Tokyo Babylon or something like and it's, like, weird. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. And she's, gay. You know, she's
1: got that 90s JoJo look. Yeah,
0: like, that, that's what was doing it for me. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know what? That's fair. That's fair. I'll give that, I'll give you that.
0: Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I'm glad. Does Kikune stay through the, like, next?
1: I don't, I don't know. You know,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know. She survives, so like maybe she probably makes some like little sporadic appearances while the the black king's like wife takes over for now that he's dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were gonna hold elections, right? That that's what was gonna happen. Yeah. Great, excellent. Uh yeah, I mean Shuri and Sarasa, check in on them. How you feeling about them? <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope those crazy kids get
1: it figured out. <laughs> those crazy kids figure it <laughs> those out. Those crazy kids. Oh. Um. I mean, I, I thought the sex scene was a little, a little cheesy. <laughs> um, honestly,
0: it was. A little it's very. Heavy-handed. I mean,
1: it's very like shoujo like first sex scene, right? Yeah. Um. You don't see anything. You see him like kiss her chest a little bit, and
0: that's it. But it's still like a chapter long and you're like, what?
1: (laughs) Like, what was, what did she
0: say? She has some
1: like internal monologue, like the sky is full of lights
0: or something (laughs) like that. I don't remember.
1: I don't know. Like, this, it's very like standard for the genre. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, in Ayashi no Serious, ooh, we should do Ayashi no Sarah's.
0: Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. I would have so many feelings about that. I haven't read that in forever. <laughs> um, but in,
1: like, Ayashi no Sarah's, I think Aya's I like, I feel like my body is melting. It's it's It seems to be conveying a very romanticized vision of first sex to an audience that is not having sex. Yeah. So, I mean... I support them. You support them. I support them.
0: Well, she says at some point heaven is falling, so that's fun. Heaven
1: is falling. That's the one. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which listen is your first? I mean, I guess Sherry is experienced, so he knows what to do.
0: (laughs) But like, you're like first sex is not wonderful, kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, first sex is kind of horrible and awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. it's terrible and you'll wish it never happened except that it makes you better at more sex later so (laughs) like you're like great it's (laughs) like like any skill yeah yeah (gasps) gotta do it the first time just to know what your baseline is (laughs) 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 it's true (laughs) it's just the truth (laughs) it's not wrong (laughs) you're not wrong wrong. um Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I guess we didn't really talk about Shuri that much either, and like his struggles. Oh, there
1: was that girl, Shima. Shima. Who's
0: Shima, like the
1: princess girl who's like throwing herself at him. Oh, yeah! In Volume 18.
0: (laughs) No, girl, girl, girl. (laughs) No. No. Chill out, please. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the last, like, the whole arc where they're, like, on the same side but not really, and then there's, like, a slew of whole new characters. I'm like, oh, no, I'm lost again. <laughs> and so many new people. Why? <laughs> Don't need them. Oh. Um, but, yeah, in general, Shuri, in these uh, volumes, like, he'd already fallen pretty far. Like, he lost Suo City uh, already and uh, was hanging out in Okinawa. But in in these volumes, he became a slave, so that was... um yeah. He's really he's lost so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, I guess oh, I'm trying to remember the. I guess he's like freeing the slaves, or something, and then he gives a little speech about like letting yourself be a victim. That I was like, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's, there's. I feel like it, he is like on just the okay side of the line, right? Yeah. Because there's a difference between like letting yourself be a victim, as in like institutional issues, as opposed to like you as an individual are in the situation and you're just sitting here and crying and feeling sorry for yourself, as opposed to trying to change it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was that might have been the one moment where I was like, ooh. I don't know how I feel about this
1: (laughs) and I feel like I feel like the context was different. I think yeah it's a load that's loaded phrasing but I think the context like in context is fine
0: okay that's fair yeah I leaned towards like I guess it's alright but like just just it coming from Shuri I was like "Mm, (laughs) okay. Are you cool yet, Sherry? I don't know. Volume eighteen, like maybe. <laughs> he's he's getting there. He's getting there. Oh man. It took fifteen volumes to reveal that Sarasa was Tatara and uh Sherry was the Red King to each other. A very good moment though. I know. It didn't even feel drawn out either. So, you know, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I l I really liked how like they built up to it, like
1: With, like, increasingly, like, Sarasa, like, there's more and more hints towards Shuri's identity towards Sarasa that are getting more and more in her face. Like, oh, there's this guy who looks just like Shuri, who is part of the royal family. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Huh. And he has a cousin named Shuri. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Like, like... So she is so, like, obviously, like, just, like, looking away, refusing to believe it. Yeah. And eventually, like, they're there face-to-face, and then that's it. Like, there's no denying it anymore. And she just breaks for a while, but then she puts the pieces back together. But anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I'm just trying to be like, oh, are there other big moments that... We're missed here. I feel like I had one in my brain and now I've lost it already because that's the type of person I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess I just wanted to acknowledge, too, that, you know, in addition to um, Shuri finding out her identity, like, she told her whole crew eventually and Mm. uh, they handled it pretty well. It was good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they were like, oh, I mean, you're
0: still you, so... Whatever yeah they're like, Oh, eh, we didn't like you because you were Tatara, we liked you because you were like a cool human, and i'm like oh yeah that's that's fair <laughs> that's fair <laughs> I think that that's one of the things that keeps the gender from like feeling too outdated too. Is just like, oh, that didn't matter. <laughs> like nobody made a big deal out of that at all, right? It was such <laughs> a. I loved how anticlimactic
1: it was. It's like such a non issue. Like we're not following you because you're Tatara.
0: We're <laughs> following you because you're our leader. <laughs> because you've done cool things and proven that you're a good leader. Like great. Like let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, but that's all I think I have to say about these volumes in particular. Uh, Do you have any other final thoughts?
1: Oh, I like how Tabura in one of her talk columns talked about how to pronounce Basara. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, she's like, I don't really care. I
0: say Basara. You can say Basara. You can say Basara. Whatever. (laughs) She's like, Whatever. I won't be around to hear it, is, but <laughs> <laughs> everybody will know what you're talking about. Wait, we forgot to talk about the most important thing. Actually, Aga has new haircut.
1: Uh, it's bad. I... It's bad. <laughs> yeah. No, because like, there's the like the the part where he like actually cuts it, but then he comes back with like an actual haircut. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the shot I'm thinking. Of. Yeah,
1: that was in there. Okay, because I didn't. I don't like I like I said, I don't remember too many details of it how it ends. I do remember Agaha's haircut and I hate it.
0: <laughs> I hate it. He reminds really me of bad. like uh, a Escaflone villain. <laughs> <with that hair. laughs> like,
1: that when I looked at him, him I was like, Oh, you
0: just became like Fulkin or something? Like I was going <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> Dad. Boo to Ageha's haircut. Alright. That's, That's how we're ending this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for listening to Shoujo and Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. You need to tell us why you love Basara so much? Email shoujoandtell at gmail.com or leave a comment on com slash basara2. We're at Tell on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Caitlin, where can people find your work on the internets?
1: Uh, you can find some of it on heroinproblem.com, heroin with an e. You can find a, f- a good amount of it on Anime Feminist. You can find it on the Daily Dot. Um, under it's all that's all under Caitlin Moore <laughs> because uh, you haven't
0: figured it out yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating in, op- oh nope, See, I almost said, I wanted to say in iTunes, but it's Apple Podcasts now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this will help the podcast reach more hearts, or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for the end of Basara with volumes 19 through 27. Stay tuned until then. Bye.